Hey yo, welcome to the winner's circle. Polish your crown, here to optimize your workflow. That's service now. This ain't your typical run of the mill. Tech talk, OGs, we're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question, who the realest be? Unapologetic, if we said it, then we meant it. Foundation built on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is the only identity governance and security solution built natively on ServiceNow. It optimizes enterprise identity and risk management with a platform-first approach. Look, we have built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a real nightmare for risk and security and governance who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized that? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All of the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on ServiceNow, the platform that we all trust. ClearSky. Optimized identity management built natively on ServiceNow. Check the description below for an episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. Holy mackerel. We are back from Knowledge 23. What would you say, Corey? Barely? I'm barely back from Knowledge 23. Man, I have a <laughs> Knowledge 23 hangover, Duke. Like, Dude. I am. <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm at the hangover stage yet. I'm still high. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm dreading the hangover. <laughs> I, I miss it. Like it, it was just such a great experience. And for me, especially, right? Like, I mean, I know a lot of listeners, if you were at knowledge, you probably saw my face all over the place, but all you know, over the place. It was awesome. <laughs> but, it, but it was also like coming back from the pandemic, get everybody from around the planet in one place talking service now. Like it, it's such a, a tremendous amount of passion and electricity in the air. So much energy. It's always been an energetic event, but you could have 10 more knowledges and not capture that energy, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was definitely my favorite of all of those that I've attended. And I started back in 2013. So this was like my 10th anniversary of knowledge. And mm -hmm. I will just go ahead and include the digital ones, too, and say yeah. that this is like my 10th knowledge. And it was just like the best of all of them. Speaking of everybody, we have a very special guest today. And speaking of global. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So love to welcome to the show, Mark Ruthoff. Thank you. Good yeah, I know to be here. Second, it's our second time around. Did I pronounce the last name right? Yeah, absolutely. No worries. Spot on. So Mark was at Knowledge too. What did you think, Mark? Oh, it's, uh, it was a lot. Obviously, there's Las Vegas and there's the conference. Both mm -hmm. really interesting. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I uh, didn't visit Las Vegas before. So it was my oh. first time in Las Vegas. Yeah, I had good fun. Saw a lot of new things, new impressions, met a lot of people, walked a lot of miles. So uh, <laughs> the, 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 the comfy shoes, things that everyone is mentioning, definitely do so. <laughs> yeah, and also a bit of a hangover. I really had to recover on, on Sunday and Monday. But now, almost a week later, I'm all, already like, well, we could do this again next month. Right. Um, <laughs> if only it worked yeah, that but, way. Wow. Yeah. Right? It, it was. Uh, it was a really good experience, and obviously, uh, knowledge being global again, a lot of people, 
I think about 16,000 people, I guess. Yeah, and good, good sessions. So yeah, I thought the level was pretty, pretty well. Yeah, yeah, really nice. You said it's your first time in Vegas, right? And that just made me think about that for first timers to Vegas and coming to oh knowledge, <laughs> right? Like I almost feel like you need to get there a couple of days early, right? I feel like knowledge kicks off like, well, I know pre-con kicks off on like Sunday or something, but knowledge kicks off in earnest typically like that Tuesday. I almost feel like you need to get in on Saturday and just explore and have the Vegas experience, right? So by the time knowledge kicks off, you're not Vegasing too. Right. Like you, you've you've experienced it. You're good with it. And now you can kind of focus a little bit more on knowledge than the city that never sleeps. Right. Because it doesn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely so. And actually, uh, um, uh, I also arrived on, on Saturday and I left the Saturday after. So I oh, did nice. uh, indeed had a, had a few days extra. And that was really well. That also contributed to the extra miles, or I don't know exactly in miles, but like in kilometers, I walked about 116 kilometers. Nice. So that was a lot. We even attempted to walk from the new strip to the old strip, but that was a bit much. <laughs> and especially being uh, being so hot uh, outside while we were there, because it was a really good temperature. But getting a few days uh, earlier in, seeing Las Vegas and... Yeah, a lot of impressions, of course, but really interesting. Definitely a good thing to go a, a few days earlier to adapt if you need to, but also to, to be able to, to see a lot of things. And also because everything is so big already in the convention center itself to just know your way a little bit around uh, the, the strip. Uh, so, yeah, just a good thing. Speaking of interesting, and like everybody's talking about the energy level, but... What, what did you think was the biggest technical spectacle of knowledge? What, what were you most impressed by technically? Maybe two things. First, how well the organization was, because how big everything is and how smooth everything seemed to be for us as visitors. So that was a huge compliment to ServiceNow. Yeah, and just looking at all the information at knowledge, obviously Gen AI is a subject which pops in mind immediately and, and is yeah, it's announced really big and obviously some amazing demos on it. Obviously, they were demos, so let's see. Mm-hmm. But um, Gen AI, Generative AI does really pop out, right? That was the, the, the biggest thing. Maybe we could take a few minutes and talk about use cases we can all imagine for Gen AI. Oh, I think that's a great idea. I'm going to steal some from the show. Like I, I had the blessing and opportunity to be a judge in the hackathon this year. Oh, nice. And there's a couple of cool use cases. One of them was basically taking all the stories and stuff from a sprint and basically summarizing them all into like one release note sheet, which I thought was pretty cool. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Basically, you would take a application or something with a lot of stories linked to it for a given sprint. Yeah. And then Gen AI would basically rip through it and then make a summary of <laughs> what was in plain English of what was going to be deployed. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. It's funny because I'm actually using ChatGPT for that right now. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty cool. All right, what else you got to do? Another team, it was actually the team that won the Application Engine Studio category, but they had some part of the city planning would do marketing for an event. And instead of hiring a marketing firm or whatever, it was a really simple workflow. Like, hey, market this event. Here's the topic. Here's the date and the location. And it would go out to ChatGPT and ChatGPT would make you the copy for a flyer. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, that, that's awesome. So basically, like anything that involves at least a draft of writing something is on the docket for ChatGPT. Yeah, and you know that one's a bit near to my heart, being an elected official in a mm-hmm. village, right? Like that's something I can very easily imagine us utilizing here. What about you, Mark? You see anything on the horizon for that? Well, I think like what you're saying, like that certain documentation or whatever is being created already and that you got the first draft. So that could be really helpful. But yeah, also the Gen AI, what what they show that knowledge, that code is being generated, that flows are being generated for you uh, based on limited input. Or I was at one session and that was about generating ATF tests for you. Um, and okay, they speeded up the demo a bit. Uh, they also said so because it, also it took uh, several minutes. But with a, a push on the button, they could actually generate hundreds of ATF tests based on how incident management was set up on that instance, but also taking into account what customizations you did or if you had some custom fields or they even mentioned they could do that in theory on custom applications and whatever. So that would really be interesting. So yeah, those are huge use cases. I do think it's the base setup. It's the, um, the first several percentage of, of things that's being generated for you. And then you still have to do a lot of things yourself. But I do think, yeah, that it will speed up the consultants a lot and that you can do probably way more in the same amount of time. Yeah. So, so you just said something that's really interesting to me, Mark. You you mentioned how that is the base setup, and then you'll still have to do like some configuration on top of it. I think that's very important to note for a couple of different reasons. But for the main reason is that I think most people, and I know I'm one of those people, find editing something that exists a little easier than starting from scratch. Right. So often when I'm writing something, like say I'm writing my newsletter. Or when I was running a campaign, writing some political copy or just thinking about like an application, right? Or business rule. It's a lot easier if I start with something that's already there and then start to modify it. Now, the end result might be something completely new, right? But just having that thing to kind of look at and and gain inspiration from, I think really does help a lot of folks get started. And on that point, I can't tell you, even before I really knew what generative AI was, and but long before ChatGPT, I longed for a little co-pilot. Right? And you guys remember Star Trek? I'm assuming everybody here is. A lot of our listeners <laughs> might be too young for like the next generation Star Trek, where they just walk up to the replicator like computer T hot, and it was like, and it was like no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> T Earl Grey hot. Let's get it yeah, right. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Negative four Star Trek fan points. (laughs) Okay, but like, have you ever been in neck deep in a script and you've got some kind of sample record that you want to run through with it? And so you're basically like going back to your main tab so that you can open, say, the users table in another tab so you can find a user, so you can copy their sysid, so you can go back to the script where you're going to use that sysid to go get the user and have the script do its thing. And it's just like, wouldn't you love to just tell the thing, go get me the sys ID for Robert Fedorik's user record. Yeah. You know what I mean? And oh just my God. It out, almost like a virtual agent, right? So you have your code thing up and running, but I don't want to like, I don't want to open the interface so I can freaking navigate. Dude. It, it's just like, <laughs> go get me the sys ID of Rob from this table. Do it. 
man, that's amazing. So when you think about it, right, like you said, var, var user to like a generative AI prompt that which is get me five demo users and you know what I mean? And or, even, or even like a virtual agent, just call him Fido to go fetch, right? Fido, go fetch me this. And it's just like a virtual agent sits maybe in its own tab or whatever. And then I can just take whatever it gives back to me. I'm oh, sure yeah, I want the generative AI in the code interface, yeah. unless I'm telling it to make me a glide record script or something. But, but I've just, I've so many times I've had to reach for something that's all the way across. And that's how you get like 10, 12 tabs right. across your navigator bar. Cause you're like, you need to be able to check on such and such a record. And it would be even better if that was voice operated. Huh. Well, maybe that's the next thing to have it also voice operated, but it is like making your life easier or having um yeah certain code or, or whatever being auto generated for you and you all already have the the base right so you can do more in the same amount of time or you already have some examples of a certain good standard that will be really interesting i do see it also as a base and not it's it's full code or full flow or whatever because i I did feel some sentiment that knowledge that people were thinking, oh, now everyone can do this. So maybe even people from a, a service desk or whatever. Yeah, and I personally don't believe in that. Also, really no code stuff. I don't believe in that because still at some point it gets more complicated. So you really yeah. need the technical consultant or who is going to review it or who is going to govern this. Because if everyone can do this, and no one is on top of this, it will get a mad, mad show. And that's not how it works, in my opinion. Oh, uh, for sure. Like, I, I've been using ChatGPT to either write me scripts or find me the instructions to do something. Like, I was trying to launch assessments from a script. And I was like, give me the instructions. And it, it would have, like, eight-step process. And then, like, step seven was just completely batshit crazy. <laughs> and then what <laughs> and then Z Butcher and says what yes. oh. <laughs> oh man that's awesome but thinking about this right being a, a huge proponent of the people side of the business right I feel like this gives just an immense amount of advantage and value to folks who are really good at the people stuff like you said Mark the governance but also the ability to interact with stakeholders to make sure that the requirements that you're getting, that you're going to feed into generative AI are the requirements that the business actually needs and wants. Because I, I do think like as this thing becomes bigger and better and gets more pervasive and you start to get that sprawl as anyone will be able to get started on it. Not everyone will be able to a finish it and to, you know, know how it's interacting with, with everything and how the business can best use the results. Right. So I think there's going to be a lot more need for that qualification up front and that management over time than we currently have now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Mark, tell us about Instant Scan. I know you're. An, I, I know you're doing a lot with that. And I see you talking a lot about it on uh, on LinkedIn. So, yeah, why don't you clue us into uh, some of the secret sauce there? Ooh, Instant Scan. I can talk a few hours on it. <laughs> um, oh, I got no, a, I got just... a precise question about it, though. What's stopping the adoption? Yeah, that's a really good one because, in my opinion, can should be used at every customer, on everyone's radar. Maybe not instant scan, maybe you've got something from a third party or whatever, but something similar should be one of the top priorities within every customer. 
If we just talk about InstaScan as the, the, the out-of-the-box application from ServiceNow, it's just an application on everyone's instance with which you can interrogate your whole instance. It has such a powerful scan engine. Which, yeah, you can just scan almost everything. Obviously, the first thing people are thinking about is scanning scripting business rules, scripting includes whatever, and our scripts up to a certain standard, certain coding best practices, whatever. But in my opinion, it's, it can be way more. Like InstaScan, you could also use to check your instance health. Are queues being processed? Are your mid-service up and running? How is your email doing? Is there a backlog in your emails or in your uh, triggers or whatever? So you can use it for, for that. You could also can, can, use it to... Can we, can we pause scan- right there for a second, Mark? Because, yeah. I th- because I think that's really interesting. One of the things that I'm I focusing a lot more on lately, right, is dashboarding. And I think ServiceNow is too. But the reason I'm tying that to what you just said, right, is that there's a lot of these performance metrics and, and things that are kind of hidden below the surface and yeah. we're not necessarily exposing them on a regular basis and you, what you're saying is basically what instance scan is that we can have this almost kind of feels like ai to a certain extent right like we can have this <laughs> thing this process kind of running that's going to surface like these potential problems or these existing problems right and kind of give them some airtime to the folks who need to fix them am, am i understanding that correctly yeah, that, that's definitely possible. Basically, InstaScan will just generate the, those findings for you. So it gives you that insight. But then still, you need to think about how am I going to embed InstaScan in our way of working? And then you do need to set up yourself. Are you going to use notifications for that incident? Uh, are you going to trigger uh, integration or whatever? That's something that you do need to set up. It does not come with, with InstaScan. InstaScan itself is just a base application which can just scan your whole instance and produce a lot of findings. But then it's what do you do with those findings? So that's really, really interesting. But yeah, that's already another subject like embedding InstaScan in your, in your way of working. But yeah, let's start that every customer is actually using it and using it regularly and perhaps using it scheduled because you can also just schedule all the InstaScan checks or suites or whatever. So that's really interesting. It's got a point Uh, scan capability too, right? So it could be like, don't wait for the scan. This happened. Go tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the out of the box possibilities, a point scan. So you can scan any artifact like a script include for example and then all the scan checks are being performed against that script include the same you can also already do out of the box for update sets so you can scan complete update sets and the same you can also do out of the box for scoped applications so you can scan the full application that's all also already something like yeah how to embed it in your way of working because maybe some customers want to embed this when you're closing an update set or when you're finishing a new app version or maybe you want to perform this every one or two weeks at the end of your uh, sprint for example so yeah that's already a bit the the way of working which you need to 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 think of i like that phrase the way of working because i do think we don't often think of the way we work as a cohesive ecosystem sort of level thing, but we off, we just think of it as a series of tasks. I have a story, so I got to build this thing. I got to test the thing, then I got to push the thing. But there's a way that there's a wrapper around all of that that we don't always think about and maybe often gets missed 
as well. And so there's a phrase where folks say, like, if you don't create the culture of a business, right, then it'll get created for you. I feel like the same thing here. And if you don't intentionally create a way of working, then it gets created for you with basically like your developer habits, right? Like that kind of just eke out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love how you mentioned integrating instant scan into your way of working here and doing that intentionally as a way of adoption. Yeah, I, I just want to mention then that it's even way more because I, I just was mentioning that you can perform checks on scripting and, and stuff like that. And I also mentioned performing checks like how uh, is your instance health, but you can also use this for a support team, for example, your daily system administrators jobs, like checking how is the data on your instance? Do you have issues on your attachments table or on your incidents table? Uh, like uh, uh, or a lot of uh, workflows active for uh, closed incidents or, or whatever. So you can basically um, make your own health checks, right? Yeah, instead definitely. Like, def- instead definitely. Of maybe like, instead of, is it coded and configured in a healthy way? It's just like, am I past some kind of health threshold that I want to measure that's independent of the platform? Yeah, definitely. But actually, because of that, you're checking also yeah, data issues. Obviously, uh, at the end, you have to fix those issues, but there's most likely a certain cause behind those data issues. So there might be something wrong in your coding. There might be something wrong in your flows or workflows. So yeah. eventually, you're still getting to technical issues, which are brought up to the surface. But also those data checks are really important because maybe people are not aware that they're looking at reporting, which is utterly incorrect. But yeah, yeah. now these data issues are popping up. Or maybe maybe you're using tools like process optimization, slowness, whatever, and you have all these kinds of conclusions on data, which is actually incorrect. Also on that end, instance scan can help so much. Just to give a small example, I, I performed InstaScan a few weeks ago at the bank in the Netherlands, and we had more than 6 million scan findings. More wow. than 6 wow. million findings. That's incredible. So really interesting. You, it does does so a much. finding presuppose that there's something wrong? Yes. Wow. Uh, scan finding, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, <laughs> obviously you, you, you might argue on some things. That's definitely possible. But it can already be that of that 6 million findings, that half a million are about one issue. Sure. Um, so try to locate that issue, take that issue away, then solve those findings. And maybe those are data findings or whatever. And then that chunk is already gone. For me, it's also not uncommon that you have millions of findings because I'll be performing hundreds and hundreds of scan checks. Yeah, it does tell that that, that there's so much work to do on, on everyone's uh, ServiceNow instance. We could probably make this show whole show on instant scan. <laughs> it's, it's something I'm trying to get way deeper on because I have been obsessed with the concept of admin sensor since they rolled it out. But I'm just like oh, yeah. throwing my hands up and deciding I'm going to build my own. Because there's such a passive way for current admins to understand their instance and understand what needs to get done. No, I shouldn't say it's passive. It's the opposite of that. Proactive is what I like to think of it. That's where it needs to be, right? It needs to be proactive. And the proactivity can come from passive scans. Meaning, look for these things that tell me if I'm healthy or not healthy, and then tell me. Otherwise, like... You're waiting for somebody else, almost external to the team, to pick up on the symptoms of this, like this workflow isn't running right. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right? And wouldn't you like to know that way beforehand? Like Mark was saying about, are your events getting queued up and processed correctly? Because flows basically come from events, right? Doesn't a flow put an event in the event queue? A flow instance? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, so if it's not getting there or if it's getting there wrong, so I, I don't know. But No, I'm following you on it, this, right? Like if there's, an, if there's an outcome, right, that you can yeah. predict, then you should be able to run a scan against that outcome. If you're not seeing the outcome, then, it, then scan a flag. Right, and just like Mark said, six million things, six, six million findings, and who cares how deeply they're grouped? The fact that this was effectively invisible information for, for me yesterday. Right. And then imagine you got your admin dashboard where it's like, here's your admin accounts that are active in prod in the last time they logged in. Here is your security center results. Here are update sets from your lower instances that have been completed on those instances in the past week. And then here's your instance scan results. And it's basically a complete dashboard information about your instance that otherwise was invisible to you. You would have to go about proactively uh, getting it yourself is not even passive. Sorry, I'm totally... (laughs) 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 Somebody pulled my ripcord and let me go. (laughs) No, man, I'm with you on this, right? I think that's one of the great things about it. You know, what I love about the ServiceNow platform, right, is that there are so many of these sorts of things that the use case for them is not always obviously apparent based on what the intended use case is for it is right like so instant scan has like a, a ton of these like kind of secondary and tertiary use cases that you can use to make your way of working a whole lot better but you know if you look at the documentation the documentation might only have like a certain selection of things right i look i think about data certification the same way right like there's so many interesting and cool ways that you can use that application that aren't necessarily the way the service now intended but are still super valuable I feel like instant scan is one of those things that is in that same category of service now created it to do this sort of thing, but didn't necessarily think we were going to do all these other cool things with it too, but it's still, that just makes it super valuable. Yeah. And it's also your imagination is your limitation. Right. So you really have to come up with these things yourself and put that on the t-shirt. No- Mark, put that on the t-shirt. Your imagination okay, for, is your limitation. I love that. Okay, for, for, for next, next, next year, okay? <laughs> but um, uh, it, it's just, there are no examples like these. So you, you really have to come up with these uh, yourself. And also because InstaScan out of the box is only supplied with a really limited number of scan checks, which are also mainly focused on what you already see on Instant Security Center. So you really have to create those scan checks yourself. And, and yeah, and you can do so. And uh, I've also created a ton of articles and information on that. So everyone should be able to do crazy stuff now. <laughs> but um, I think that's also the point on uh, why it's not that much adopted. Probably because out of the box, there's hardly any scan checks shipped with, uh, with InstaScan. So I think that's, that's one of the factors. Also. What was one of your favorite instant scans to build? I don't know if I have particular ones or probably if I will go through the, through the whole list, but it's more that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that the scan checks, <laughs> you, you've got several types of scan checks. You've, you've got some simple ones, simple uh, table checks. You've got some column checks and those are not that spectacular, but especially the linter checks, they are a lot harder, a lot more complex, but with those you can create some nice checks on, on, on scripting, but they are just way, way more complex. And I feel like I only touched the tip of the iceberg 
on that subject yet. So I really still have to, to dive into that way more and see how much more we can get out of it. Even that I already published so much on InstaScan, I think there's way more <laughs> that we can do. But uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You just mentioned how you've written and published so much stuff about Instant Scan. You have written and published so much content about so many things. <laughs> like, man, you are prolific. <laughs> In ways, he's prolific amongst those who are prolific. These right? Prolific people just go, damn. <laughs> right, like, right, like you got the one percent, and you're like the point one percent, man. And, and, and first, I just want to say thank you on behalf of the community for giving so much back. I know it takes a lot of time, but I want to ask too, like, what makes you do it, right? Like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, so folks always ask, yeah, you know, like me and Robert, this question, like, what makes you do this thing? And so I like to ask folks who produce more content than I do, what makes you do it? <laughs> okay, yeah, no worries. Um, it is like. I, I'm choosing my battle, so I do stick to writing content. And I was thinking, like, maybe I should do some videos or maybe podcasts or whatever. But I am like, well, just stick to the writing for now. So choose your battles. I do write a lot on Virgil Agent, a lot on Instant Scan, but indeed also a lot of other subjects as well. But that's also something news, new comes up with ServiceNow, so probably with Vancouver, Washington, probably Gen AI, then, then yeah, I might look into that and, 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 and see what can I find, what is not documented yet, what new things did I see and whatever, and let's just write it down. Because I like doing it. I like to share the information. When I started with ServiceNow, I was overwhelmed with how much free content there is right. uh, compared with what I was used to with my previous job. But also for me, it's like creating this content. Yeah, it's, it's fun, but it also learns you a lot because you're really diving into a subject because you're seeing a lot of new things because, well, English is not my native language. So I need to work on that. I'm writing a ton of stuff. So how do I bring a message across? So you're also constantly working on yourself. So, yeah, it does cost a lot of time. It does cost a lot of effort. That's, that's true. And yes, I do it for free. That's true. But at the same time, I could also be working for a company and I've got a mandatory plan that I need to work on and I have to do mandatory courses and whatever. Yeah, but now I'm taking control of what I'm doing and I like doing this. So I decide myself what I'm working on. The company does not decide that. I'm deciding it. And I'm working on my hard skills, my soft skills, etc. But I'm deciding what my future plan is. I'm taking control over it. And that's just a, a huge thing. Uh, and I also have to admit, like, I'm now 10 or 11 months working as a freelancer. And now I also see how much it benefits me that I'm doing this and that people know my name and that I'm a multi-MVP. Because yeah. I'm actually not looking for work. Work is coming to me. Preach! Um, there you if, go. If I'm doing an interview, people are not asking me for what my knowledge level is of service now. People are only asking me, do you fit the company? Do you right. fit the culture? If I'm talking with someone who wants to know what I know in of service now, then I know, well, most likely I'm talking with the wrong person. Amen. Um, 
bro, I'm, yeah. I am out of my seat right now. <laughs> so, but those are things I didn't really realize that a year ago or two years ago. Well, now I'm actually confronted with it like this. And I'm really like, whoa, I'm benefiting from this even more and more and more. Well, I'm enjoying doing this and creating content and sharing and whatever. I just enjoy doing that a lot and I'm benefiting massively now because of that. It helps so, when that connection is made, right? Like it makes all the difference yeah. in the world when you, <laughs> when it's like, so oh, it's it does a, work. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's just a, a plus, 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 plus. <laughs> it's amazing. It's funny you mention all of that, Mark, because I've said the same thing to folks at Knowledge last week, right? I don't I don't interview anymore, right? It's all about company fest. Like, okay, we know you got the skills, right? Let's talk about what we're looking for in terms of how we want the project to go and how you work and whether or not those things are compatible. And it, I mean, it's just it's just amazing how many doors this sort of thing opens for you once you create a you know a certain level of standing in this ecosystem and then and that standing is generated through hard work right the creation of this this content is is a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of expertise that goes into it man but the payoff right like as you just said right like the payoff is there it's immense for anybody who's looking especially if you've got any kind of entrepreneurial spirit and you're looking to get out there on your own like start with creating content you know, start with helping others, right? Like this is such an altruistic thing for me that has benefited me immensely. I can't go on and on about that, Mark, but this is about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it, it's truly like that and, and completely like you're mentioning. So uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. We have just a couple of minutes left, Mark. So why don't you leave any advice for people coming up in your wake? Advice? Oh, oh man, there's always so much to tell or... When we will uh, stop this show, then then immediately new things will pop in. <laughs> but uh, just the biggest advice would also always be like know your resources. I see a lot of people around me, uh, and then suddenly they're stuck on an issue. Yeah, and what next? You can't tell the, the customer like I don't know. So know your resources. Who can you reach out to? What resources are out there? Do you know? Uh, the dogs, do you know the community? Do you know that there are academies, uh, live coding happy hours? Or are you listening to CJ and the Duke? Because <laughs> get a lot of out that as well. Uh, inspiring, fun, etc., uh, etc. Et so Pay him his money, Corey. Thanks in the mail. But uh, yeah, just know your resources. Because I don't know everything myself also that's impossible ServiceNow has grown way too much over the over the few years and it's it's developing in an extreme high pace so you can't know everything and you don't need to know everything also say that but one again your resource. say that again <laughs> for folks right because i think sometimes folks try to eat the elephant all at once <laughs> right yeah yeah it's, it's just like you can't know everything and you also don't need to know everything um, amen right and it's, just... it's also if you just don't know a, a certain subject or maybe you didn't follow it for the last six months that doesn't have to be an issue there's so much content out there but do you know how to find it or we were talking earlier this show about chat gpt if you type in just a short sentence what are you getting out of chat gpt well hardly anything but if you can make it a whole story, like what are you after, that you can really define what it is you're searching for, and you 
put that in, then ChatGPT will also come out with a way stronger result. And that's the same in your search with search now. You just need to know the resources. What are you looking for? Who can you call or who can you reach out to, etc.? Because there's so much out there and you really don't need to know everything. You really don't. Yeah. Love it, Mark. This has been an amazing interview. I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you in, uh, in Vegas, too. It was great to meet you in person. Thanks so much for coming out to do the show. We'll have all of Mark's stuff in the uh, description below. Mark, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you uh, as well. A lot of fun. A lot of fun doing so. And uh, yeah, keep on going. I mean, this is show 86, 87, 88. I don't know, a lot. And just keep <laughs> on going because it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of good content uh, and inspirational. Uh, so keep on the good work. It's Thank 85, you. but we're not counting. <laughs> <laughs> and we still don't have an outro. Now let me ask you one question, who the realest be? Unapologetic, if we said it, then we meant it. Foundation build on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the dude.